1: Hello. Hello. Anyone around here to speak basketball?
0: Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks basketball Basketball podcast. Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, always looking good. Are you on the other end?
1: I'm the producer. My name's Matt Duncan. Freddie,
0: how have you been? We're two and two. You feeling good? Feeling? I'm I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. How are you? A little outcast reference to start this (laughs) off. Um, the season has begun. We're four games we're deep. In.
1: Um, we're finally we're in. in.
0: This is Confederacy of Dunks. Uh, we're with the Raptors Republic uh, website network. Um, we're hardcore fans. We uh, we have analysts. We have comedians. We have performers. Anyone that is a basketball nut, is welcome to the show. Um, we'll uh, we'll do some kind of plugging stuff at the end. Uh, But let me just say before I bring on uh, our guests, uh, free Brittany Griner. And um, with that, let's uh, let's start bringing some folks on here. Uh, He has done the podcast uh, a bunch of times. He is one of my oldest friends. We went to high school together. Uh, He is a hilarious stand up comedian. He is a sports fanatic. He is a uh, collector of, I'm forgetting what they're called now. I want to say Funko Pops. Funko Pops. I was going to say fungibles. (laughs) Funko Pops. He's a collector of Funko Pops. He is amazing. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Matt Henry. Hey, I do
2: love Funko Pops. Uh, I just want to take this time to say... uh, Maddie D, I think of Scotty's barns at least once a week. (laughs) Once a week, that jumps into my head. Uh, Oh, that's hilarious. Man,
0: the funniest (laughs) thing I may have ever
2: heard. One of
0: our best silly segments, Maddie usually hits those out of the park. Scotty's barns, I don't even know what episode that is. You'll have to go through the archives (laughs) to find that. Find a Matt Henry
1: episode. Yeah,
0: find a Matt Henry Episode
1: Scotty Barnes, look for
2: man. Scotty's Barnes. I wasn't on that episode, I was listening to it. Oh, and that was uh <laughs> one of the things I forget what it was, but they had to do, they had to build stuff, and then you're like, oh Uxbridge, blah blah. And I had no idea where you were going with that, bro. And this man said Scotty's Barnes, <laughs> and he has a commercial where he's making stuff with wood right now. It's like a trades program thing. He can uh, do that.
1: Yeah, you see? You put it he's- out there. Needles in a barn
0: stacks—you'll never <laughs> find it. Uh, let's bring oh, a guest uh he is, uh, you know, an incredible basketball analyst. Always bringing good stats and good enthusiasm to the show. He's got a very cute dog. He's from Raptors HQ. Uh, that's a rap podcast. Uh, you know, uh, he's done CP24. He—he he is a guy you want to talk to. Uh, want to talk Raptors ball with? Uh, and I'm very glad that he's on the podcast again. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Jay Rosales.
3: Yeah, buddy. Now is when I unmute myself. And said cute dog is eating away and hopefully not going to distract us. Even if he does, you know, dogs are going to do what they're going to do. They're going to do what they're going to do. Hopefully they don't uh, ruin what will surely be an amazing episode.
0: Yes, uh, he's got that dog in him. Me talking <laughs> about your dog. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's jump right in because the raptor season has begun, and I'm excited. I can't wait. Maddie, good sir, please give me your best weirdest raptors sting. Oh Jerry oh yes <laughs> Okay, lots going on. <laughs>
1: we're faxing we're paging
0: yeah we're faxing (laughs) we're paging 1992 (laughs) there's uh yeah alvin and the chipmunks i don't know man that's loaded (laughs) um okay noise art aside let's go to you first uh let's go to you first uh matt henry and um i'm you know i'll I'll save my opinion for just a sec but uh (laughs) I am going to introduce this topic with not too much sarcasm. Uh, Is Siakam a top five player in the NBA? He said he wanted to get there through four games. Uh, I truly believe uh, I commented on the That's a Rap podcast. um, Or sorry, the the Raptors wrap up with Raptors public. uh, That I think he's been the best player in every game that he's played. I think someone in the comments said, what about Mitchell? Fair point. I think uh, Siakam was better than Donovan Mitchell as well, uh, better than Butler, better than KD. Um, I think he's been the best player in every game he's played in, which is is wild. Uh, so, Matt, um, yeah, take take that. Uh, I guess kind of clickbaity subject uh, and go with it. Is Siakam top five player in the NBA?
2: Um, long uh, like short story. No, right. I mean, I think the term. I hate the term generational talent so much. I think it's overusing the NBA a lot. But the thing about it is when you say it nowadays and you point to the person, it's like, Yeah, I get it. You know what I mean? It's your LeBron's your Giannis's your Steph's, Like what who are these people? You know what I mean? Like they are really good. So to say you're not top five, it's not because he's it's the top five, even top ten are are really good. But I think because, like you said, he's been the best player in every game he's been in. If he keeps playing like a guy who wants to be a top five guy, he's Raps are going to be phenomenal, and and that's how they, what they have to do to win. Because the East is is wild, right? So, mm-hmm. um yeah, if he if he plays like a guy who wants to be a top five player, he's going to do, and the Raps are going to do great things. But no, he's not. He's not top five. But that's. The NBA is really talented right now If you think about it So it's kind of hard to do
0: Yes uh, I think that That is the rational approach And I introduced a subject like this Because When I You know uh, I was thinking the other day Just like Okay I can get to Five Six Seven players Like off the top of my head You know Factoring in Pascal's the How he ended the season last year And the beginning of this season I can think of uh, Yeah Six or seven guys Right away That I'm like Great job, Pascal. These seven guys are better than you still, no matter what. After seven, it starts to get a little bit murky. And I think that is even a dramatic improvement from being like a second team All NBA guy. And, you know, yeah, again, maybe I'm still, maybe I'm a bit too high. Maybe I'm not factoring in. What guys like uh, you know Kawhi and KD and PG will do now that they're healthy? Um, Jay, where are you at with this? And then sorry, just to to uh, add to Matt's point, there, I think the the larger part of this conversation, like how is Pascal this good, is the like, the byproduct is wait a second, how good can the Raptors be? Because right. I feel like it's we all talk about OG and Fred and Scotty, but if Pascal is jumping from 15 to even, I don't know, 11, that's, that's a game changing jump for this franchise.
3: Yeah. And I think that that, the question is part of a much bigger conversation, which was to your point, where are the Raptors going to go with Siakam looking the way he's looking? And, before both of your answers, I, I still kind of believe this is, yeah, I think he's at least in the conversation for top five. And I'm answering this question under the guise of it's how they've, how he's looked over these first four games, not, mm-hmm. you know, as Matt was saying as, as a generational talent or an all the NBA or anything like that, how has he looked compared to everyone else in these first four games? And I I was researching for my weekly article in terms of how has he been doing this based off of the competition against Cleveland. He shot four or five when guarded by Jared Allen. He shot four or five when guarded by Evan Mobley. He continued to shoot at least 60% or 70% while being guarded by Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler. Like he is doing this against elite defenders. So that alone is amazing. That alone puts him in the stratosphere of top five, top 10. And then you add in, The fact that they are targeting him and he is still he's starting to master where to find his spots, where to find his shooters, when to shoot, when to pass. He's mastering all that. That's why you get a 37 point triple double. That's why you get a almost 23 point triple double despite being double teamed and triple teamed against Miami. And and then we talk about what he's doing on the defensive end and just switching and guarding everyone else on the perimeter, regardless of who it is protecting the rim. I don't know. He's, he's really exceeded my expectations. And I came into the season with very high expectations. I think he's in that conversation right now for top five player. I'm not going to say that he is. I'm not going to say he is it, but he's definitely in the conversation.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I I think the conversation is the right way to approach it. And, you know, uh, jumping on also like Matt's point about a generational player. It's like, yeah, you you know, you can't disrespect uh, Giannis, um, whatever, Kawhi, KD, Steph, LeBron, uh, and it only is four games. But, uh, you know, Pascal is averaging 26 and a half points, 10 rebounds, uh, seven assists, and a steal and a half on, on pretty incredible percentages. Um, so that's that's just insane. Um, and, and, and like you said, he, he's doing it against big-time players – and he's playing defense. I think obviously his defense is not at its peak because he can't really, you know, no one can do it on both ends like that. But you think about guys like, say, Ja or Luca, who I would say uh, are definitely better offensive players than Pascal. Um, neither of those guys are in like his category or world defensively. Uh, and where does that shake out as far as impact? Like, again, like those are two guys I would also say uh, I have above Pascal right now. Tatum's another guy. Um, but I think, yeah, like he really is He's starting the season on a heater that I, I can't remember any other Raptor starting the season like that. Cause you know, you, we have DeMar who's had big scoring, um, you know, starts to the season, but like never has DeMar been like having like, uh, you know, big scoring, uh, s- big scoring games with also like m- tons of rebounds, tons of assists and incredible defense. So just the, the well-rounded nature in which Pascal's doing this is, is blowing my mind. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys have any, any sort of like other Pascal stuff before we move on. Well, the,
3: the numbers that you, you laid out there, the 26 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. Do you know how many other NBA players have those thresholds? Just LeBron. That's it. That's the entire list of 25, 10, and 5 assists. That's, and he's in a stratosphere almost of his own right now. And what we're witnessing is really the best you could ask for in terms of how the season has started for himself and how this might play out for the Raptors. Moving and forward. you know what?
2: Uh He's got to keep going. Like, I love Scotty. don't get me wrong. And I know he's like the, he's the, the future of the team and stuff. But I feel like Pascal doesn't want to give the keys up to this team just yet. It's still his team. So he's got to play. And be the best player on his team before you're you know top five um in the n b a or whatever, so I really think it's just about that commitment to want to do it because I think not everybody's ready to give Scotty the team, but people are, and that's probably got to bother him a little bit
0: you know it's funny you say that because i I think that um you're really hitting on something in that. Sort of Pascal has had like a, a certain amount of disrespect from the you know the the I guess like the U.S. media, which is sort of to be expected, but quite a bit of disrespect from Raptors fans over the years. Yeah. and I think people are having to reckon with this idea. Like I, I asked a friend in the summer who was a little bit of gas, but I, I was serious. I was like, "Will Scotty ever be as good as Pascal?" And they were like, "What do you mean, like?" of course he will and I was like of course yeah like is Scotty for sure a two time all NBA player Um, and I really believe in Scotty and I think he's yep. very special but I think it's sort of like even this idea of like give the team to Scotty and the future of the team is Scotty it's like no the future of the team is Pascal um, right. so I think that's where I'm at with like this this is like such a statement right now from Pascal where uh, you know uh, he can just sort of, he can just dominate, uh, and he's doing it in a way that uh, is is clunky at times and doesn't look like you know a Tatum style domination. But it's really, really kind of like it's really special stuff we're seeing, and and sure. I think the Raptors fans should not be taking even this four game stretch for granted. Um, let's uh, let's go to you, Jay, uh, on question number two. And yeah. Okay. Let's uh you know, we're two and two, so I don't think anyone is freaking out hard schedule, um, but you know, things are happening and I'm sure there's some things that we all like and don't like. So what uh, is your biggest concern uh, through four games?
3: Our biggest concern would be the half court offense. And this is, this is not really a surprise. Entering into the season, this was always going to be a concern. This is a team that thrives on getting easy points through fast breaks, through transitions, crashing the glass and getting second chance points or um, causing turnovers. They were number two in the NBA in causing turnovers last year and number two in transition offense. Like This is where they get their points. So the half-court offense was always going to be a struggle. Even then, Man, there was a tweet by uh, Vivek Jacob after uh, during the Miami Heat game at halftime. According to Cleaning the Glass, the Raptors were at a zero percentile for half-court offense in the first half, getting something like 58 points per 100 possessions. And then on transition, they were getting 180 points per 100 possessions, meaning like they could get that many points in a game with how well they're playing transitionally. So um, it kind of dictates on extreme spectrums, of course, how good this team is on the transition side, but on the the half court offense, it can get really sluggish. And while it's a concern of mine, I also think that there have been signs that it can do well. And I think we saw that in the clutch uh, moments, they are the number one clutch team in terms of net rating. Um, So, I mean, if the half court offense is going to struggle for three and a half quarters, but it comes through in the clutch, that's fine by me. It's That's why it's not, it's a concern, but not a major concern. I think it's fixable.
0: Yeah. Uh, really good points. I think that is, it's also, it's an evolving thing. Um, and, you know, we are in the regular season right now. We're not in the playoffs. So I think it's one of those things that we have to continue to watch. And as you said, it's, it's not a surprise, but we just don't have uh, yeah, we don't have like a crisp. Uh, everyone can shoot pretty looking offense. Like how many possessions have we already seen where everyone is just like volleying the ball off the backboard. And um, yeah, we, we are, I think uh, we were showing signs of being a pretty elite defense, but I think a pretty spastic uh, half court offense and there's, there's going to be some games where that uh, is super disappointing. Um, I mean, look at the Brooklyn game, right? Like, And I don't think our offense was particularly horrible in that game, but watching what KD and Kyrie can do reminds you that it's like, oh, we, our players, like, they're not like that. They don't affect the game in that way where their shot making is totally undeniable. Um, I think at times Trent. Can shoot the ball like, you know, like superstar ish. I think Siakam can as well. Fred obviously needs to be open. OG's hit some major shots in his career, but we haven't seen that yet Uh, this season. He hasn't been, he's had some nice clutch moments, but yeah, I think the offense doesn't look, doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look efficient uh, a lot of the time. But uh, where are you at, Maddie? Uh, Or sorry, uh, Matt Henry. My bad. (laughs) Um, um, for me,
2: I, I don't have any like major concerns. Like they passed the eye test for me. Go, I went to the game opening, opening game or, uh, the opening night. I did that. And mm-hmm. they looked, they passed the eye test, but other than staying mentally healthy and you know, regular healthy, the East is lawless, bro. Like it's hard <laughs> in yeah. the East right now, um, like you can't get caught. Sleeping on the train because you're gonna wake up, pockets empty, and you're gonna be at the wrong stop. Uh, that's how it is in the East. Like as long, so and th- that's gonna happen. They're gonna have uh, you know you lose one, two, three in a row, but it's like those bounce back uh, games. Like you can't, uh, you have to be able to bounce back from stuff because you're gonna get punched in the face pretty often. Uh, because everyone's going to be looking to do that and take advantage of certain things. So, I mean, as long as they're, they're staying mentally equipped, mentally uh, available, I honestly, it, it, they're top four team in the East, man. Like, it's uh, they, they're better than playing. That's how I feel about it, and they just have to play like that.
0: Yeah, well said. I think um, I also am not super concerned about anything uh, for the sake of this question. Uh, and you know, to your point, it's such the East is so competitive that I, I'm wondering, you know, when it comes to minutes, right? Uh, what exactly how the season's going to shake down. You know, there's always going to be excuses, right? Uh, Otto's injured, Boucher's injured, Birch started injured. Obviously, those two, uh, Birch and Boucher, have come back. Scotty just got injured. Uh, hopefully, it's not too serious. Um, we sent Champagne to the G League, um, and uh, it's 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 a trust thing. I think uh, I noticed this with nurse all the way back to the the Boston playoff series. Uh, you know, it, it, you didn't trust guys like Rondé or, or Boucher or Norm till game five, really. And I, I just wonder, you know, there's just kind of been this like quiet dialogue where the idea is like, hey, Masai, you know, you get me guys that are good enough and I'll play them. And it really seems this, like this season, like that, is, that excuse should be done. And I'm just going to give you some, uh, some early stats. So uh, Fred third in the league in minutes, Gary fifth in the league in minutes, Pascal seventh in the league in minutes, and then OG 16th uh, in the league in minutes. And Gary's so young, right? Whatever. Uh, Pascal is, uh, you know, Like light on his feet, athletic, maybe he can manage that. Fred is the one where I'm I'm sort of like, okay, I I get it. What he does is irreplaceable for this team. I watched that fourth quarter against Miami. They rested Butler for like eight minutes. Um, We made a run and we won the game. So if we rest Fred a bunch in that game, do we lose? Probably. Uh, but at what point is, you know, we've seen some Delano, we've seen some Flynn, obviously we have Thaddeus young, but you know, there isn't, there doesn't seem to be like a, a play initiator that nurse trusts. And I think that's like, you know, nurses talked about this. Like he really, it's almost more important on the defensive end. None of those guys can do what Fred does on defense as far as picking roles. However, Uh, we need Fred down the stretch and he plays hard. He puts a lot of torque on his body. And I don't think 38.8. What is it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. 38.8 minutes a game is uh, possible for him. Um, And it's only four games and tough opponents, et cetera, et cetera. However, uh, I, I'm i at this point with minutes where I have to kind of see it to believe it. I'm not saying Nurse is full D'Antoni or full Thibodeau, but he's definitely not, you know, like uh, Kumbaya Steve Kerr, right? So I'm wondering where – I'm wondering what gives here. Fred's body or the game plan? Or maybe it's like Malachi's ready or Banton's ready or whatever – But um, yeah. Where are you guys on that?
3: Like, I feel like I think the difference is in the difference this year with previous years is how those minutes are being used. And what I mean by that is he's actually not taking up the ball as much as in previous years. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that he was responsible for for every year that he's been a consistent starter was initiating the offense. As you mentioned, his field goal attempts per game in his four three full years as a starter have been 14 16.7 16.9 this year it's only at 11 he's taking way fewer shots and that's because he's trying to play that balance that role that Cal Lowry used to play which is what do you need from me today against Mm -hmm. Miami in that uh, first game when they lost he had five fouls just 20 seconds into the third quarter so what do you need from me okay you need me to play defense and not pick up a six file. Sure. I'll play 20 of the 24 remaining minutes. And that's what he did. And they almost pulled out the comeback victory. So I think it's just more of how is he being used? I agree that the minutes is a bit of a concern, but at the same time, it's he's also not initiating the offense as much as he used to. And he's more in a catch and shoot mode, which is perfect for his skill set. And I'm hoping that if with this balance, we'll be able to save his body a bit um, for playoff time.
0: Well said. Um, I I think all minutes are not created equal. And to your point, uh, you know, going back to the Kyle Lowry thing, which is I've sort of I've really hoped that this would be the evolution of Fred. Like, what do you need? Right. Uh, He scored big in that that last Miami game. But, uh, you know, his uh, career high uh, was last year for assists. It was 6.7. Again, just four games in. Right. But he's averaging 8.3 assists this year. So his role is changing. And I think, um, yeah, that's 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 really important. Like, you know, like how you play your minutes uh, really does matter. Um, but uh, I, think, uh, I think I think I want to move on to, I mean, sort of a silly topic, but also I just want to see where where we get creatively. Uh, so, Maddie, I'm going to bring you in, but first, uh, give me your uh, your weirdest, uh, loudest, weird owl NBA. Sting.
3: This is Adam Silver, Hong
0: honk. I love how that sting's not even funny to me anymore. It's just cool. <laughs> um, this is Adam Silver, honk, honk. It's just a normal, cool thing for me. I don't know what's happening in my life. You know, something that starts absurd just becomes normal real quick. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Maddie's like, that's what I love. Maddie, I'm going to start with you. I'm also going to just like throw my opinion in here. Uh, I had heard rumors about this maybe a couple years ago. Uh, I I loved it. Um, And the fact that it's happening, I think, makes so much sense. I mean, we'll see how all the, like, I've heard the main reason that they didn't uh, do it a long time ago was ticket sales. And that second Miami game uh, looks like they were struggling to sell some tickets because uh, it was not full in there. Even the first game when, uh, when Martin tackled uh, Coloco, uh, he tackled him into a bunch of empty seats. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, yeah, if that's in Toronto, like Nav Batia, like is right there, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're doing this baseball thing. We're doing this series thing. We, we just played Miami two games in a row in Miami, uh, and we're playing Philly next two games in a row, I think, in Toronto. Um, And the whole league's doing this. Uh, And I love it so much. I think it's producing already really competitive basketball. Also really like heady basketball. And it's looking, I think the regular season's looking more like the playoffs, which is is just fantastic. It's like a really cool adjustment. I love that they're doing it. Anyways, that said, silly answers are welcome here. Maddie, you are uh, advising Adam Silver. You're coming Mm at him and you're saying... I want to make a change to the regular season. Right. Here's what it is. Yeah.
1: Okay. This one. You know what, Fred? This one isn't actually silly. I think uh, this is going to speak to a lot of people, though, because if you are an NBA League Pass subscriber, Mm -hmm. you will notice something different this year. They have finally come down on VPNs, which people were using to watch their home team play. Now it's a nightmare. I understand. That there are contracts with the you know sports networks and stuff. These are TV things. It's big money NBA. They that's why they would love to give you full access to your team to watch on their thing, but they just can't. I understand that, but we're living in this age now where people aren't just getting a cable box and getting sixty-five channels and all these different you know spending all this money. Preach, Maddie D. I think what needs to happen is there needs to be some kind of agreement with the sports networks to have like a Raptors pass or something. I'm fine with watching it with TSN or Sportsnet or whatever, but have some kind of pass so it's not an insane amount of money. Say, like, Raptors fans only get access to those games or something and it costs them eight, ten bucks a month, something like that. I think people would pay that. I think people would be happy with that. I think something needs to change because, yes. In the NHL and in the NBA, I've been one of those people that I've been trying to find a way through all these blackouts for years and years, and it's worked flawlessly. But now they're starting to crunch down on it in ways where, like, you really can't—if you have a Canadian account—you can't watch the games on League Pass. They just don't air them now. So, I I think something needs to change because the fans. We got to think about the fans, you know. Like, we're a really important part of the NBA. And I think the accessibility needs to be a little bit better for people that m-
0: may not be able to afford big sports packages. Maddie. I could not agree more. Um, a friend of the podcast, Matt McCready was tweeting last night uh, and it happened to me too. Uh, I watched the game, but I want to rewatch the fourth quarter uh, uh, with a, a, another friend of the podcast uh, and OG member, Kevin Douse and we, you know, uh, it's like I have leaked past. It's like, well, at least I can watch the replays. Guess what? I can't. And mm-hmm. I was trying to watch yesterday and it was freezing and it just wouldn't load. And it's like, wait a second. Like, well, what is this? <laughs> like, what's the deal? And, and and the quality is really the VPN stuff aside. Like, I, I get you. Like, you know, it's like money, it's contracts, whatever. It's a major problem. And I think that the accessibility of the game to the hardcore fans it is not good and uh, yeah, major major issue. I love that you're like, guess what? I'm not being silly. I'm gonna I'm gonna snow blow someone's ass off.
1: Nobody but wants I, fans to get ransomware just because they want to support their team on some streaming <laughs> site. You know that's yeah. what I'm worried about.
0: Yeah, we've we've handcuffed your computer. Give us X <laughs> amount of crypto if you want to see Pascal Siakam spin. <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, let's go to you. Uh, let's go to you, Jay. You can make a change to the regular season. What is it? What are you doing?
3: Well, if we're borrowing from other sports, I want to borrow from hockey and have live line changes in game. So, how, how, okay, how this would work is the, uh, you always play defense in front of your bench. So this eliminates the possibility of just someone subbing off and being on an open breakaway. So you're always on that side of the court and then you can just do live changes in and out. I guess the rule would be, you know, that you can't have two people on the court at the same time. Um, Similar with hockey with too many men on the ice and whatever. Um, If you're caught in a situation, you know, let's say the ball touches you and you happen to be the sixth person touching the court, there's a foul, but, uh, or a technical or whatever, but, live changes let's make things interesting spice
0: it up baby i like that wow okay i like this i'm thinking that like there's gonna be some like (laughs) like wrestling style like you're tagging people in like this is awesome
3: um you switch offense and defense like even in the middle of a transition just do it like Mm -hmm. let's liven it up for the crowd that would be hectic and
0: amazing um, and the raptors
3: would thrive. Yes,
0: yes. The raptors would kill that format 100%. I like it. We're going outside the box here. Uh Matt Henry, what's up? What is your regular season change?
2: Uh word for you guys and it's relegation. I want there to be a sub league and I want the basement teams of the NBA to have a play-in tournament with those people at the top of the basement league, and you lose, you're out. Unless you, you get back in season by winning that league, and of course playing in to get into the NBA. You want you want to see number ten for? Imagine coming in last and now you're you're out of the league. Might still give you that pick, but guess what, bro? It's not it's not the NBA. That's so where you're going. So uh, I want relegation games. Um, and then no more tanking, bro.
0: Nice. Hey, I am all for, I'm all for taking things from soccer. And uh, I just started watching that. Welcome to Wrexham doc series. And I love relegation. I think the NBA, like it would be trickier in North America, of course, uh, and we don't have that many leagues deep. Like we have the G league. I think it's yeah. But, but but like all that to say, we're, we're just, we're talking outside of the box here. And I think relegation is one of the funnest, most exciting things. And I am very pro relegation again. I don't know how it would work, but I'm very, very much into relegation. Um, mine is not super far away from yours Matt Henry it is focused uh on the G League uh and and the major change i would like to see uh is uh i would like to see the uh like the G League uh games get aired uh in a way that is like they're more incorporated with the NBA like i understand that you know we're not going to nationally televise the G League games but I think particularly with the with the Mexican team this year, for Mex- from Mexico City, uh and the G League uh, you know, uh ignite uh with Scoot, I wanna see those games get uh like more kind of like more of an NBA push on a regular basis. Uh and uh I don't know if that means like, you know, we're we we have one of those games where, you know, it's Charles and Shaq and like they're at the game. Um, like, I, I think the NBA needs to, I've been saying this forever. It's, it's the most competitive league uh, team, team league, uh, you know, that I can think of anyways, in the world. Uh, there's, there's just over 500 players, uh, baseball, hockey, um, and uh, American football have like, you know, almost two, three times the players. And uh, it's, it's just, there's a, a, a ton of ridiculous talent in the G league. And I feel like it needs to be showcased in a way that's less of like, Oh, this is just a farm team. And I think if, I think people would, you just have to reframe it a little bit. And not only would it help the G league and the players in the G league and, you know, them get more money, more salaries, et cetera. I also think it would help the NBA because it would just sort of like, it would elevate, you know, I think people would think about a guy like Chris Middleton differently when they see when they're, you know, when you're seeing more G League talent, you'd be like, oh, wait a second, Chris Middleton's insane. Um, and I, I, you know, I think the NBA sometimes is is too fixated on its top 10, top 15 guys. And I, I really like the idea of finding a way to celebrate uh, the kind of robust talent uh, around the world. Um, or, or, you know, and, and I think that really starts by beefing up the G League. And hey, we'll work our way into relegation. This was good. This wasn't that silly of a topic, but I feel like we got, we got some good ideas here. Um, league pass. If you're listening, <laughs> cut it out. Uh, um, and give me my condensed games back. What's that about? Yeah. Um, okay. Don't make me go to YouTube. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's finish here with our last question. Thank you, Maddie D, uh, for doing your thing. Um, this is just uh yeah, I wanna hear your hottest early season take, Jay. I'm starting with you.
3: Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't start with me. I can so. start with Matt. You can you, yeah, I'll start with Matt, because I <laughs> I have my my takes are either not hot or they're they're yeah, no. Let's
0: okay, Matt first. <laughs> Maddie, hit hit uh, me with uh, it. Hit me with the okay, uh so fungible, whatever the wait, fungible. See, I'm
2: is. a... I'm one of the relics with cable. So I don't have uh weed pass. I have like a package with Rogers. It still uh, takes full advantage of me and doesn't buy me dinner at all. <laughs> but either way, I have it. So, and it's because I, I know I, I say this all the time. If you know me, I'll say it often, but this time I mean it. The Knicks are legit this year, bro. They, <laughs> ah, I love I, it. Man, I've been I've been watching them. You know, been, <laughs> my, my last button. I've been watching Raps. I've been watching Knicks. They generally play at the same time, but man, the Knicks—they just look good on paper, top to bottom. This Brunson guy, man, they're the Knicks are going to be all right. They're not going to be a playing team. They're going to be a top six or whatever. Um, they're not they're that good. And uh, the other thing is um, Westbrook figures it out, and the Lakers go on to. On a nice little Cinderella run.
0: I don't know if they oh, would know, but wow. they go on a nice run. Ah, those were those were. I'm glad we started with you. Those were piping hot takes. Um, yeah. One. Anytime there's a believer in the Knicks, I'm always like, I'm I'm into it just for the fun. Me and my brother were talking about how how fun it was last year when the Knicks beat the Celtics, and there was that whole viral video where the guys were yelling Bing Bong <laughs> uh, outside the stadium like that. I like. When then you know, the Knicks to me aren't like other annoying franchises in that like they're a mecca for their sport and they're bad, but they 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 haven't been good in such a long time that I feel like I sort of forget and and their energy is hilarious. The Westbrook thing, I think uh, I, I'm not all the way with you, but I do think people are piling on Westbrook to such a degree that it's it's getting absurd. And, you know, one of my least favorite things in the NBA is the complete caping of a guy, Uh, you know, for instance, uh, the, you know, Kawhi uh, won the Raptors the championship period, you know, without factoring anything else Uh, or the complete scapegoating of a guy, whether that's, uh, you know, Ben Simmons or. You know wh- whomever, and and I think Westbrook is definitely in the complete scapegoat territory for what's going on in the Lakers. Um, so yeah, I think that's a hot take, but I I, I I like it. I hope for it to be honest more more than I am like agree with you. I hope that that happens because I I love Westbrook. I love watching him. Um, Jay, what's up? What's your what's your cold take, medium take, hot take?
3: Well, I've been thinking about it and. You know, the Lakers being bad is not a hot take. Um, Lakers being good is a hot take, actually. Uh, I was going to say something about Benedict Mathurin winning Rookie of the Year, but like that's not hot enough. Or interesting. yeah, he's just awesome. He is awesome, and and maybe that's just not interesting enough. But like, I'm I'm going to say that the it has, it's, I'm boiling it down to the Nets and the Grizzlies. One of them is going to disappoint, and I'm going to go right now with the Nets as the team that does not qualify for or does not finish in the top eight. So my take is that they'll either be ninth or 10th. Maybe they turn it on and make it into the plan, but man, I was pretty low on them to start before the season. And now that I've seen them play and yes, they did beat the Raptors. So all credit to them. They were just not there. Um, something's going to happen with that team. Something not good. Uh, in the locker room. And then it's going to translate on the court. We're on the court. The product itself is not that great. So um, yeah that's my take uh, the Nets either don't make the playoffs or need to struggle to get in a la play in kind of like last year
0: yeah I, I I honestly totally agree with you I feel like the Nets are definitely um, and Clippers honestly but in, in a lesser degree but they're, both of those teams to me are in the like I, I need to see it before I believe it sure on paper things look like they could be awesome I mean the Nets look really fun and, and good in the game against the Raptors. But uh yeah, I think you know, regular seasons long and it's not like you can just keep these players uh, you know, not trying to make a pun here, but it's not like you can keep them in a bubble and keep them healthy, um, and transport them to the playoffs. They have to make it there. And, you know, that's why you need a, a really kind of durable uh you know, Swiss army knife of a roster to be able to make it through the grind of a regular season, or you need, you know, superstars that uh, a guy like Giannis or Jokic that are like fairly, you know, healthy the whole time that can just kind of carry you. Uh, I like it. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, for Brooklyn, I I don't see that. I don't see where the, where the security is. I see where the talent is, but um, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of insecurity there. My hot take, and I think this just has to mathematically be wrong, but I'm going to say it because I think, I don't know. It's just a feeling. Uh, It's that uh, there will be no egregious tanking for Victor Wembanyama, And the reason I'm saying that is not because he isn't a generational talent. It's because I think the league is in this point of parity where, uh, you know, a combination of, you can't tank the way that you used to because of the lottery changes. And also just like good basketball players Um, and, and teams like Utah, uh, Indiana, and San Antonio, which are just like they're, when they're tanking there, it still looks better than let's say a Sacramento or an Orlando or whatever. Uh I think that there's this, we're in this weird time of the NBA where, everything's closer to the middle than 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 the time we watched during the Golden State, you know, Cleveland era, where it was like so many teams packed it in during the that early Warriors dominance. And I just don't think teams are going to pack it in in the same way. Uh, plus you have like, you know, again, like I, I get it that Utah has started well and San Antonio started well and they will make sure that they don't win 30 games sort of thing, but... You know, I, I remember years where teams are, you know, like in the teens for wins. And I just, again, I know that's mathematically not going to work out. Like I know some teams will, will pack it in, but uh, I don't know if it's going to be as egregious as people think. So that's, that's my hot tick.
3: Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, have you seen women, just walk over a row of seats in like one step I have generational talent, bro. I'm I'm not people want him. I'm
0: just saying I think that people are gonna be a little bit like, wait a second, like so we we don't have to be the 30th team to get him. We could be like the 25th team.
2: And he may not, you know, he's gotta be healthy. Look at look at my man Chet getting hurt in them pickup games, and uh, and now Oklahoma's in a position where they could probably get him because (laughs) buddy hurt himself. Like that's madness. Right? Chet so and,
0: Chet and Victor on the same team would be hilarious.
2: I honestly man, it wouldn't surprise me if they told them, Listen, you're gonna hurt yourself and uh, we're gonna run it back next year. It's just you know, it's it's too perfect for uh, this to possibly for it to go like that, right? And now it doesn't look like we're tanking if the guy that we picked, you know, got hurt. So you also, know
0: if Utah ends up getting Victor going from one uh, french uh like uh, franchise cornerstone to another would be pretty funny <laughs>
2: um
0: but uh but guys that's that's it for the pod um thank you both so much for joining thanks everyone who's been listening supporting all that kind of stuff um uh, i'll bring maddie in here and we'll talk a little bit about raptors republic but uh before we do that let me go to uh to you matt henry what's up where can people catch you um where are you doing shows what's going right. down
2: uh, I mean, uh, uh, just follow me on Instagram. I'm in, in, uh, I'm in Toronto next month. I'll be doing a uh, comedy bar. I think I'm doing yucks next month too. Um, I'm also, every time I go to a Raptors game now, I'm making little vlog video things of my time. Uh, I'm taking notes before I get too drunk and then I'm, I edit it all after and I do a voiceover um, uh, where I'm also drunk, but not as drunk. Uh, so it's like in between. Um, but yeah, so follow me on Instagram, comedian, Matt Henry, and, uh, that's really That's where you can see what I'm doing.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, I'll let everyone know uh, those vlogs are going to be an absolute must watch. There's so much talk about fans being priced out and the lower bowl um, being tame. Let me tell you what, Matt is working overtime to make sure (laughs) that is untrue. I sat with him uh, last year and I mean, his section is either uh, in praise of him or downright afraid of him. So he, he, is, he is bringing the heat and he's overcompensating for a, a lot of uh, white haired, quiet folks. Um, not to, not to speak down on anyone with white hair, but, um, yeah, Jay, what's up? Where can people catch you? Uh, what do you want to let them know? Uh,
3: catch me on Raptors HQ. I have a weekly article called the wrap up, which looks at the games of the week for the Raptors. Um, also podcast on that's wrap podcast. We record every Friday comes out on Saturdays. I don't think we have an episode coming up this week, but we've got a big one coming up next week. I can't spoil it yet. We've got a very special guest uh, for next Friday and yeah, I've, I've got media cred, so I'm at, I'm at most of these games. So I'm um, to catch you guys there.
0: Well, uh, that's incredible, dude. Um, uh, thank you for, for doing the pod and bringing your, your legit cred to this pod um well deserved uh is this your first year having credentials the second year
3: but uh this year i'm noticing a whole lot of Raptors republic everywhere so great on you guys like fully deserved
0: (laughs) hey man um this is uh you know this is the raptors landscape right like you know so many years where the the main kind of sports giants uh weren't amazing at cover the rap covering the raptors and um uh Folks like you are, you know, in Raptors Republic are, are, are stepping up and the, the fans are finding, uh, finding the goods. And yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see the cream rising to the top sort of thing. Um, Matty D, uh, yeah. what's up? Where can people find us? Um, yeah. You know, I guess, you know, let's keep letting people know, of course, about the Raptors Republic paywall. Right. And to subscribe yeah. uh, and all that good stuff.
1: You know, we're on com. Pretty easy All the podcasts are there But we are a part of the Rapcast So subscribe to that on your favorite podcatchers If you're watching the clips that we put up on YouTube Please like and comment Let me know how much you love the intros I know I don't need to ask you to do that uh, So please hey. <laughs> uh, Take it easy on us We're just trying to have a good time I know there's lots of talk <laughs> about fans and podcasts And if, there should, if we're, we should have podcasts I don't know what the hell's going on Oh yeah, right <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we're just we're just yeah we're huge fans we we've stated that every time and we're just trying to have a have a have a fun experience in raptors fandom for everybody and 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 ignite some conversation so you you can check us out at raptorsrepublic.com com. that's our own website and freddie did mention the paywall yes six bucks a month Taxes included. That's for the editorials. Now, the podcasts do remain free. So do not hate on us and say I'm not paying for this shit when it's totally free, okay? (laughs) So 6 bucks a month, you get all the great writing, so many great writers here at Raptors Republic. Support them. I don't know how transparent I can be about this, but I will say it's going well, but they need more. They need more. So please subscribe to The Paywall. Read those sweet articles and let's
0: go. <laughs> Beauty. Um, Matt absolutely is not being transparent.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, uh, again, thank you so much, everyone, for the support. Uh, we, we appreciate, uh, you know, the enthusiasm, the love, uh, everything. Uh, we are, yeah, we're Raptors Maniacs. So, um, you know, we, we know you are too. And we, and we love you for that. But, um, yeah, I think uh, with that said, we are done. We're good to go, Matt. Give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the
1: Rapcast.